Chair Staff is ready when you are. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome everybody to the Tuesday, May 24th meeting of the City of Sacramento Water Committee. Uh, we'll call the meeting to order and will the clerk please call roll to establish a quorum. Thank you. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. Councilmember Vang? Here. And Chair Harris? I am present. Councilmember Vang, will you lead us in the land acknowledgement, please? And then I'll follow with the pledge. Please rise for the open, opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento indigenous people, tribal and lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin and Wintu peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the Native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's Indigenous peoples, history, contributions, and lives. Thank you very much, CM Vang, and if you'll salute and pledge, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, for uh, members of the audience, uh, we have only one action item today, which is the consent calendar, and then several items that are received and filed with a lot of, I think, very valuable information for us to move forward. So, Madam Clerk, will you call the consent item? Thank you, Chair. We have only one item on the consent, which is the Water Committee meeting minutes. I um, will. Oh, so I'll second. <laughs> Okay, we have a motion by CM Valenzuela and second by CM Bay. Uh, call the roll, please. Thank you, Chair. And for the record, no members of the public have their hand raised to make public comments. Council Member Valenzuela? Yes. Council Member Vang? Yes. And Chair Harris? Yes. The consent okay, calendar we'll move on to the discussion calendar. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Chair Harris and uh, committee members. This is on Bellevue Safe, the director of the Department of Utilities. Uh, we have four items for you today. <clears throat> Excuse me, four items for you today. Um, the first will be current hydrology and conservation update. Uh, the second will be a water transfer update. Uh, the third will be a river arc update. Um, those will all three be given and presented by uh, Brett Ewart. The second of those, the water transfer update, we are asking, it is receive and file, but we're also asking for uh, direction to take this to council, um, which we need to do uh, pretty soon. Uh, so we'll be looking for that, uh, that direction uh, on that number, on number, that second item. And then the fourth item is uh, an update on the voluntary agreements. Uh, that will be given by Wes um, uh, our, uh, our outside attorney. Yeah. Wes Milbrand. Um, yeah. Wes Milbrand. And so I will, uh, I'll turn the presentation over to, and of course there's uh, staff is here, including myself available for questions or to answer questions during or after the, the presentations. Okay. So, just a note to the clerk before you start, Brett, we will go ahead and take a motion on um, forwarding the water transfer to council when, when Brett gets to that item. Okay, 
Very good, thank you. Go ahead, Mr. Ewart. Well, good afternoon, uh, Chair Harris, members of the Water Committee. Uh, this is Brett Ewart, uh, Supervising Engineer with your Department of Utilities. Um, as, uh, as Bill mentioned, uh, I have the first three items today. Um, in the interest of, uh, I'll certainly deliver them independently to your clerk, but in the interest of minimizing the up and down time with presentations, I, I bundled them together and we can pause um, whenever questions arise or, or for appropriate actions um, at your pleasure. Uh, Chair. So with that, I will um, share here. <clears throat> Chair Harris, is that um, screen switch for you? Yeah, it's, it's great. We can see it clearly. Great. Thank you. So the first item is, a, uh, is an update on our sort of current hydrology and, and a conservation update. This has been a standing item now for the last couple of uh, water committee meetings. Primarily, you know, we're in a pretty severe drought over the last couple of years, and we feel it's appropriate to return to this water committee um, and, and keep everyone in, in touch with, with current events and current activities. Switch over here. Sorry about that. So uh, first of all, just a check in on, on precipitation and how that's affected our, our reservoirs. Um, this is a, a set of eight, eight different stations in Northern California. You know, these are the ones we look to for, you know, how has the water been provided to fill say Orville, or Folsom or Shasta. Uh, this, uh, this little jagged blue line, um, I know the committee members have, say, have seen this before. You know, reflects the precipitation uh, since the beginning of the water year. Uh, the takeaway here is, and no surprise, um, now that we've essentially exhausted any, you know, any realistic probability for future precipitation until the next water year, you know, we're, we're below average. Um, not, not as dramatically as the last couple of years or some of the worst droughts. I mean, there has been a reasonable amount, but certainly below average. Next, um, again, I, I think the water committee members are very familiar with this uh, Folsom Lake storage level. Boy, this is a great news story right here for Folsom, but, but it is essentially the only reservoir in the state of California, any major reservoir operated by the state or the feds that currently is in an above average condition. So that is a good news story. But we should be we should be anticipating that the state of California will be looking to operate Folsom more aggressively this year, given the dramatic decline in storage in our other reservoirs. So certainly, while you know this facility that that stores and re-regulates water for the city of Sacramento and other purposes is in fine shape, uh, you know the the illustration to your right, to your lower right, is. It's really what the state is thinking about when we hear the messaging on, on drought and the continued need for using water so efficiently. The, the black line that you see there, that's really cumulative storage in the main reservoirs in Northern California. It's, it's certainly below last year. Um, every reservoir in the state of California is, is in a difficult, difficult state, except for Folsom. Uh, moving on to sort of our current numbers and how we've been responding. 
Um, you know, certainly uh, city council, as this committee will remember last year declared or declared a stage two water shortage uh, set of circumstances. Uh, since then, we, we have been saving water. Uh, we're cumulatively about 6% below compared to 2020 during the same time period. That's the metric that the state is primarily using right now. We, we often like to go back to what 2013 looked like, though. That's before we entered into our two-day-a-week watering max, even in, in normal conditions. Um, compared to that, we're 21% we're 20, below. So we're continuing to do, you know, to, to focus on water efficiency and, and respond to some of these efforts. There are some likely actions that we can anticipate uh, the water board is considering in some cases we're well situated. Um, they, they want some advanced uh, projections of what water supply will look like for the year. We're already positioned to meet those requirements, uh, requiring everybody to move to adopting their stage two. We're already there. There is a new action though that, um, that we've been monitoring pretty carefully. And that would be some consideration of prohibiting the irrigation of what we're calling non-functional turf. That would be turf that is purely ornamental. There are no trees, uh, no civic events, no sports fields. And so the staff right now is, uh, you know, we're monitoring the progress of that. Uh, we're also evaluating, you know, whether that would take perhaps a new city council action if that comes to be. Um, and so we will continue to monitor that and, and respond accordingly. We'll check in on water misuse complaints. Um, this is a slide I think you've seen before. Uh, big takeaway there, certainly in the irrigation season of, of last year, a real rise in, in the community's you know, response to, you know, maybe it's overwatering perhaps or watering on the wrong day. It's, it's very typical to see a decline during the winter months, you know, when it's raining or irrigation is, is off. But you're already seeing the, the calls coming back in again, already um, running a little higher than, than 2020. Uh, this is a, a slide that are certainly up from the conservation side, we're, we're very proud of. This would be you know, the turf replacement, if you will. Um, you could see in fiscal year 2022, um, you know, we're not even finished yet and we far surpassed any of these prior years in any recent history. Uh, so over 300,000 square feet of turf has been um, replaced over the last fiscal year, significant amount. A uh, little check-in on where the city is regarding the residential gallons per capita per day. Um, not a lot of movement here. Um, we continue to be in the, the top tier of water agencies in this region in terms of the residential use per person. Um, presently, you know, hovering around 100 on average, if you take it all the way from 2019 through present day, 100 gallons per person per day for our residential properties. Not much rebound since 2015. That was when we were just exiting uh, the last or in the middle of the last route. So a tiny little bit of rebound, but, but for the most part, we've remained quite low. That's the final update that we have for the, um, the current hydrology. And I, 
I leave you with a picture of one of our uh, one of our mulch events. Um, just as a takeaway, you know, the the department ordered and distributed uh, almost 300 cubic yards of mulch this weekend. The community came out and filled their vehicles and trucks, and and it was a positive affair. And and I enjoyed going and and observing that. So uh, the community continues to respond, and and you know they're making you know appropriate choices for water use. Chair, I'll pause there for questions, if you'd like, or I can keep going. Yes, uh, why don't you give it just a moment. Mindy, do we have any public comment? Chair, I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. Thank you for that. And I'll start off with a question, Brad. Are we still incentivizing um, uh, changing turf for, for uh, xerophytic plants? We certainly are incentivizing. Um, you know, there was a period of time where we had doubled the rebate. Um, the, we're, we are looking for outside funding to help us continue that program, where we went from $1.50 a square foot to $3 a square foot. Um, some of the other programs, uh, the, the previous water transfer, um, and you'll hear about this, this year's proposal in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, many of those funds were going towards leak-free Sacramento, and we're continuing to use those funds to conduct repairs within primarily disadvantaged community homes. Great. So the current incentive uh, for turf conversions is dollar fifty. Dollar fifty is is our normal. Yeah, that is our normal number. Okay. Um, it was previously three dollars. And how about smart controllers? Do we have any money left in that program? The amount of budget left in that program, I don't have that number off the, on the top of my head. Um, but we continue, that is a program that we continue. Um, city staff uh, still go to people's homes and offer to help program those controllers so that people are using them for their full functionality. Okay. Well, it's just fun. as an aside, I saw Mr. Ewart at the, um, at the event this weekend, the Mulch Madness, and I <laughs> certainly loaded my truck up and it really does help conserve water in a landscape situation. Do we have any questions from committee members? No, I'm just still stuck on that Folsom Reservoir map because I know, Brett, you showed that to me last week when we did our briefing and such an oscillation between last year's numbers and this year's numbers. It's because um, I know some people are going to see that because my immediate reaction was, oh, great, we're doing, we're on par. But when you look at the level of variation, it's um, it's truly scary uh, times that we're in and the unpredictability is just incredible. So it's more of a comment than a question. I just, I keep thinking back to that chart you showed me and thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I would anticipate we'll be seeing some decent flows coming down the river. If you're a rafter, for instance, you know, the, in, in the middle of this drought, we've seen the flows on the lower American river go down to about 500 cubic feet per second as the, as the reclamation struggled to maintain and preserve storage in that reservoir. Um, You'll, you'll see it, it at least triple, uh, those releases triple by the, you know, by this, by this summer. Largely, I would say, because the Folsom Reservoir is being leaned on by the State Water Project for deliveries to other locales because they're getting pretty desperate for water. We're in pretty good shape. We have senior water rights. We have a lot going for us here in Sacramento but certainly other jurisdictions are in a world of hurt and especially farmers, which is a big concern to me since we're such a big ag producer for food for our entire country and even other countries. Um, curtailing 
water deliveries to farmers has real dire repercussions for the future. Well, with that said, Brett, why don't we roll right into the water transfer? Excellent. So we have before you an item, this is an action item today that we are asking. It's certainly a receive and file presentation, but also we are asking for the opinion of this committee as to whether we should take this item to city council. Uh, the 2022 groundwater substitution transfer for all intents and purposes is a carbon copy of some of the previous transfers that this water committee has seen before. Um, the, the mechanism is the same. Uh, the, a collection of local agencies will rely more heavily on, on our groundwater resources and then allow in, in lieu, leave that surface water in the river to stay in the river for some ecosystem benefits to travel into the Delta uh, and then be delivered to, to buyers. Uh, I think the last transfer that this group heard about was in 2020 and then in 2021, we were proposing a transfer. Um, that one did not actually go through, just given the hydrology of the state, there was some concern about that. Uh, given the scarcity though this year, uh, the market has, has changed significantly uh, previous transfers, uh, water was being sold for on the order of $350 to $400 an acre foot. Um, this year, the buyers are offering this region $800 an acre foot. Uh, if we are willing to shift to our groundwater resources and leave the surface water in the river. Um, overall, 16,000, just about 16,000 acre feet um, from, you know, uh, water purveyors that may pull water directly out of Folsom or out of the Lower American River, of course, the city and its diversion structures. Our specific role of that 16,000 is approximately 10,000 acre feet. And there's a handful of ways that, that we do that. We increase the operation of our own wells. Uh, we will receive water from Sac County Water Agency through an, an independent agreement uh, that would go to the council if we're so directed to do so. Sac Suburban Water District would cease taking delivery of any surface water, go back to their own groundwater wells, and in some cases even deliver groundwater to the city of Sacramento, again, leaving that water in the river as we sort of idle our diversion structure. Um, can I interrupt for just a minute? Chair, Chair Harris, can you see the presentation that... Uh, that oh, uh, we're not seeing the presentation. Oh, I think that... Thank you, Bill. I think that might have been taken down for... Um, questions on, on the last item here. Let me, let me reshare. There we go. Okay. Let me just back up just a hair. Um, you know, just through, through the, uh, through the presentation again, 16,000 acre feet, uh, from local agencies, um, $800 an acre foot. Um, here's the discussion on how the city specifically would be performing Again, there's approximately the 10,000 acre feet. Of the water that's left in the river <coughs> will continue to travel down the Lower American River uh, into the Sacramento, through the Delta, finally down to the, to the Harvey Banks pumping plant. And at that point, it'll be lifted into the state's water conveyance system uh, and delivered to the buyers. Uh, the proposed buyers are the same this year as they were last year. Um, half of the water would go to Santa Clara or Valley Water. Um, I did circle that on this chart or the, the diagram to your right there. 
the other half of the water would go to the state water contractors at large. Uh, overall, the state water contractors, there's about 23 of them. Nine of those 23 are participating in the dry year program. Primarily, you know, north of, north of the Tehachapi's, that might include uh, Napa County, uh, Kern, you know, for both municipal and agricultural purposes. Uh, and finally, as I sort of close in on the end of this portion of the presentation, you know, in previous, previous um, water transfers, we've shared the funding, we've reinvested that into our groundwater program. We've also invested in our conservation program, Leak for Sacramento. Um, we are proposing to do that again this year. So that would be the destination for the funding. You know, some of the other benefits, again, of course, is the, you know, water for the ecosystem as it stays in the river and of course water for you know farms and jobs and other parts of the state that are seeing some pretty significant scarcity uh the the map to the to the left there <coughs> excuse me this provides a little more detail um you see the the dots those are our that's our groundwater field you'd be seeing an increase of about five million gallons a day of production from those wells sac suburban we connect to them and around the arden area that's where they will be delivering, uh, using their own groundwater and delivering up to 15 million to the city. And then in the very south part of the city, that's where we can receive water from the Sacramento County Water Agency. I think this might be my last slide. Here's kind of the status of we're moving through. Uh, the first thing we always check in, and from a staff perspective, one of our primary concerns is, you know, is the transfer appropriate in protecting our own groundwater resources? So both the Sacramento Groundwater Authority and the Sacramento Central Groundwater Authority, that would be north and south of the river, the American River respectively. Um, we've, we've provided them our proposal. They've reviewed that and provided concurrence letters that you know, this would be an appropriate activity for this year. Uh, the, the, the illustration to the right, we're always very pleased to, to share this. This is from the Department of Water Resources, really tracking over a longer period of time the trends of groundwater in the state of California. You see that little, little blob of green dots there, right? This, this is the Sacramento region. This is an actively managed set of groundwater subbasins. We're very proud of this. You know, if, if everyone in the state was managing groundwater the same way we do, you wouldn't have seen probably some of the state laws around Sigma and groundwater sustainability plans. Um, we're doing a good job in this region. Uh, with that approval, <coughs> excuse me, we have filed an application for this transfer with the water board. Uh, Sacramento County is getting ready to issue a, a permit. Uh, the petition is already open to the public for, for review and public comment. So where we're at right now is presenting this to, to this body and asking for your opinion on whether we should send this item to the full city council next week. Uh, and then presumptively the transfer would start on July 1st. And with that, I'll pause for questions. Thank you, Brett, I appreciate it. Mindy, is there any public comments? Chair, I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. Okay, thank you. Committee members, do you have any comments or questions? Just a question. Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, Brett, just wanted to circle back regarding just the, on the water transfer in particular. What is the revenue uh, typically used for? We target two different programs. One is reinvesting back in our groundwater program. So, you know, our groundwater wells are, are pretty old. Um, on average, they're about 75 years old at this point in time. The, the, the transfer revenue from 2020 is actually working for us today. Some of the CIP projects that we're doing right now to enable those wells to operate more flexibly, that's already been a project approved by council. It's in construction now. So that would be money that would otherwise we would be looking for the ratepayers to support the reinvestment in those programs. So this, in essence, frees up that money, that ratepayer money to do other things. Uh, secondly, we would be reinvesting in our water conservation program. Um, we've historically targeted our disadvantaged communities. Um, that's been a goal. And, you know, the main project has been what we've called leak-free Sacramento where customers who have a leak on their side of the meter that normally they would be responsible for, um, it would be a direct repair project at no cost to that, to that repair. Awesome. Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate that. Thank You're you. You're welcome. So, Brett, I have a question. Um, so 16,000 acre fees at 800 bucks, that's almost $13 million. That's much more than we have received from transfers in the past, correct? That is correct. Uh, this year, if everything goes according to plan, the transfer starts right on time and all of our wells operate the way we think. Um, the city could perhaps bring in four to $5 million in revenue. Okay. Uh, I'll contrast that with in 2020. We actually transferred a little more water in 2020, um, but it was at $350 an acre foot and this revenue brought in by the city was 1.8 million. The reason we're transferring a little less this year is the attempt to be protective of the basin. Yeah. Um, it has been dry. We've had a couple of dry years now. So while the advice is that a transfer is appropriate, uh, the advice also is to not overstress the basin though either. Yeah, well, I appreciate all of that. I think that the balance you've arrived at is good. I mean, the $4 million is substantial to invest in wells and, um, actually will make us more efficient at, at conjunctive use in the future. So there's a lot of benefits here. I'm, I'm definitely in favor of this transfer this year. I don't really see any negatives. One, one last question. I had heard that the city of West Sacramento was coming up short. Will any of this transfer benefit them? That's a separate item, Chair Harris. Um, we have entered into an agreement um, at an administrative level um, it was a it was a minor need that they had, and so we are aligned to prov provide them help if they need it. Okay. At this point in time, uh, they are using their own water; they're in good shape. But we have a, we have reached an agreement with them uh, at the city manager's office that if they need some assistance, that that we are there to provide that assistance if it comes up. Much appreciated. So at this point. I'll go ahead and make a motion that we forward this to council. I think that this is uh, a really worthwhile project to participate in, given the dire need in other parts of the state. But also I think that our staff has been very mindful of our own water reserves and that this strikes a good balance. So that's my motion to forward to council. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by council member Vang. 
Uh, seeing no further questions, Mindy, will you call the roll? Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Chair Harris? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you very much, Brett. Carry on. Thank you. We'll go back to sharing again here. So the last item that I have for this committee today is, is River Arc. You know, this is also really a continuation of an item, although it's been some time now, I think. And uh, the idea here is to, to bring this back to Water Committee, to, to jog the memory a little bit as staff is becoming more and more engaged in a project we've called uh, River Arc. In, I had to go back and kind of look over my notes back in 2018 and 2019, uh, staff brought two sort of significant presentations to this water committee. Uh, the first was on our groundwater program and our intention or our recommendation to reinvest in that program. Um, that occurred in 2018 and, and that, that program is moving forward right now. Um, we are in the middle of, a, of an EIR to systematically replace all of those groundwater wells using funding in part from these, these water transfers. Um, also in 2019, uh, a few months later, staff presented uh, some of the future options for our surface water plants that, you know, big projects that we see playing out, you know, over, over decades, if you will. One of those was, was River Arc, but at the time we treated it at a, at a very high level. Um, you see on this illustration, you know, some call outs for our Sac River water treatment plant near the rail yards and our Fairbairn water treatment plant near the, the state college. Uh, River Arc conceptually would be a new treatment plant off the Sacramento River. Um, it would be a joint use facility serving, well, at this point, the project partners are Sacramento County, the city of Sacramento, Placer County Water Agency and uh, Calam Water. So today, you know, we've, we've been interested in that project. We've been mindful of its sort of regional benefits, but a little cautious when you think about funding and governance. But overall, you know, city staff, we think the viability of the project is, is improving and we want to devote a little more attention to that. We don't want any surprises for this committee. And so we might be bringing items back in the future as we, we contemplate River Arc. So what I have for you today is, is really a presentation of River Arc on, on a regional basis. It's, it's far too soon to get into the details of design and infrastructure. It's, it's really, you know, how can this project potentially benefit the region? Just a quick reminder of our, some of our resiliency projects from those previous presentations. Uh, this would be Fairburn. Um, we know this is original facility from 1964. You know, we know and we're working on an EIR now that some of these facilities are really at the end of their useful life. And there's some reinvestment that we think is appropriate at that facility. So that, that project planning is occurring now um, after the 2019 presentation to this committee. Uh, here's your Sac River water treatment plant. Um, we also think this facility um, is deserving of some consideration towards resiliency projects. We're rethinking our approach towards chlorination. We're thinking about ozone uh, to prepare for climate change, you know, changing water quality conditions. 
But we've also identified this facility as, you know, potentially, a, you know, some expansion. And you see that wide open area there now. Um, that's the area that, that we're targeting for uh, planning for an, a, an expansion project here in, in the future. One of the things that would accompany that project, though, that, that is a significant technical issue is either the expansion, modification, or a new intake uh, near our existing Sac River intake, which you see on the lower left there. Um, that, is, that is not an insignificant amount of work. Um, also, from a resources perspective, environmental resources, it's a concern when you add new structures in a river. You know, it creates opportunities for predation of, of species of, of some sensitivity. And so we wanna be very mindful. It's also a significant upfront cost, day one on the project. So River Arc, you know, this again, this is a potential joint use facility. Uh, the illustration you see right in front of you is, is really, and it's an existing intake owned and operated by Natomas Mutual Water District. And there's some capacity that they're willing to make available for this region. Overall, and what, what this illustration is showing you, this, this is where I sort of drift into the, you know, what does River Arc mean for the region? What you see here is, is two, you know, you see the American River Basin, uh, color-coded, you know, in the tan are all the different geographic areas that rely on, on Folsom and water from the middle, north, and south fork of the American River. It's a significant area. And we know that reservoir is, is undersized for the basin. You often see flood control actions. And we're concerned about what climate change might mean for that, for that body in the future, given, given it's you know, the status of being a little undersized. You also see on this illustration some of the major uh, diversion points that are delivering that water to various agencies. And you'll see the city kind of cross-hatched in a different area. The point there is to reflect that we can use Sacramento River water or American River. The, the illustration on the lower right is, it, the, the takeaway there is for the, either the Sacramento River Basin or the American, the amount of runoff that you see over a year. The Sacramento River is a much bigger system, nearly five times the amount of water. The, the concept here is, can we relieve pressure off of Folsom? by another facility that would reduce particularly diversions from, from the lake for Placer County or San Juan or Roseville, Carmichael, or, or the city of Sacramento for that matter, and support you know, better conditions inside that reservoir. I think everyone knows you know, that the jewel of this region is the Lower American River. And, and this is where there's a nexus, not only between the water suppliers trying to protect from a supply perspective Folsom, but also the sensitivities of the habitat and our, and our NGOs, uh, you know, Save the American River, for instance, uh, or, or Friends of the River. If, if we can, <coughs> pardon me, if we can move some of the pressure from Folsom over to the Sacramento River, that preserves that water in that reservoir for cold water pool management and for the betterment of our fisheries over, over time. Again, here's that intake. Uh, this would be what they would call their Pritchard Lake intake. That capacity is available today. What river art, what might it look like? You know, this is a, just sort of a high level concept map. 
This would be that existing intake off the Sacramento River, some new piping to approximately the Rio Linda area. That would be a new water treatment plant that would be jointly owned and operated by all the participating agencies. And then some finished water piping that would deliver that water to an array of agencies um, into existing distribution systems that can deliver that water you know, further up towards Placer County. Uh, we've already been doing some modeling. <clears throat> the project team has been evaluating you know, through reoperation, if, if River Arc were to, to be constructed, you know, we could potentially you know, move up to nearly 50,000 acre feet from Folsom over to the Sacramento River. Again, leaving that water in, the, in that storage facility for ecosystem benefits and for also just reliable storage inside that facility. So uh, this is, I think, the last slide I have on that on this item. And you know, I'm certainly not going to read through each bullet item. I just wanted to point out, you know, the planning is continuing on Sac River in Fairbairn and, and our groundwater wells, of course. Um, and, and we think that will continue. River Arc is intriguing, though. Uh, certainly, we acknowledge the benefits of resiliency. You know, you've got redundant facilities now. Uh, it can add to the reliability of water supply for the city and for the region. And we're very mindful of that. You know, certainly our Sac River facility can provide similar benefits, but you don't really get to couple with your neighbors to create a real regional project. At this point, you know, part of our caution has been, you know, around governance. Certainly, it's, it would be a more complex facility and a more complex set of arrangements. So we're, we're, we're evaluating that. We don't think there's any fatal flaws there though. We, we are keenly interested in, in on the financial side. Uh, certainly if we expand Sac River, these are not insignificant projects. If a smaller project for River Arc can say smooth the cash flow needs, that could be a real benefit to our ratepayers. That's what we're evaluating now before providing this committee with any strong recommendations. Uh, technical considerations, <clears throat> there will certainly be trade-offs between the facilities. Um, we're a little more focused on how the governance and the financial aspects could work at this point in time, um, but certainly the technical considerations will be factored in. Uh, the chart to the right, and I, this again might be the last slide, is, is really to, to provide River Arc in, in context. We think the Sacramento River Water Treatment Plant, you know, that's going to continue to be our key facility and Fairbairn too. You know, we will, we don't anticipate not using the Fairbairn plant. You know, we certainly want to use that in an appropriate way into the future. But a small increment at River Arc, that can certainly reduce the size of our expansion. It could perhaps delay the expansion for a period of time. And if we can work out the finances to, to lower the financial impacts, you know, that could be a good solution, not only for the city, but also for the region. And with that, I'll, I'll pause for questions on, um, on River Arc. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. Uh, Mindy, is there any public comment? Chair, I show a hands raised to make public comment on this item. Thank you. Uh, for my committee members, I just want to say that we've been talking about the River Arc project for a number of years. And... Um, as we go deeper into climate change, it looks more and more appealing. 
in terms of management of Folsom Reservoir, which we've already heard is lean, going to be leaned upon in dry years to a greater extent. I think that we can expect that moving forward. So when you look at the total inventory of water availability and water projects in our region, the way I see it is it's another tool in the kit for efficient management of uh, conjunctive use. Uh, it, it does make sense to draw off the Sacramento, especially when you consider that there's a very functional intake already built in the river, which is, as Brett pointed out, it's a very significant expense, um, both environmentally and just cost-wise, to try to affect a new intake is not an easy thing to do. So it's a very intriguing idea. I personally think that it will come to pass in the future. I know that uh, water districts to our east are very uh, interested in this, PCWA in particular has uh, put a lot of effort into it. And in fact, in cap to cap this year, we lobbied for, for the River Arc project. It was one of our talking points uh, in terms of trying to gather federal resources to affect it. So do you have any comments or questions for Brett? I see silence, so I, that Chair means Harris? you did a great job. Yeah, my Oh, just uh, just really quickly wanted to thank Brett for that presentation. Um, just really learning more about the River Arc um, project and um, really trying to understand. I know there's not a direct, um, there's, we don't have a direction on this yet. Um, but as someone that's uh, new, although Councilwoman Valenzuela and I won't say we're new anymore because the council is going to change this year. Um, I I would like to have a better understanding of it's just, you know, within the city of Sacramento, what our water rights are and would love a presentation on just water rights um, um, as, as a city. Um, if that's possible, maybe at the next water water committee meeting, just so that I could have a better understanding of what our rights are to different uh, sources of, of, of water. So is that, is that, would, would that be okay? Yeah, I'll chime in here, uh, council member Bang. We'd be happy to do that. Um, uh, we've given presentations like that in the past and we'd be happy to do that again. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it is a good idea, Mai, especially considering the River Arc project, mm -hmm. because as far as water rights go, it's fairly complex. Um, the good news is, and has been pointed out at Water Committee in the past, is that we have pretty senior water rights, and we're generally speaking for our own city in good shape. Mm -hmm. But of course, we care about our region, right? So it all ties together. Absolutely. Brett, listen, thanks so much for your presentations today. Really good and really informative. Hi, Chair. Sorry, I had put my hand oh, up. Oh, I see. I see your hand up. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to chime in on Councilman Burbank because I um, would also like to better understand our vision and policy advocacy. I mean, you just mentioned lobbying at cap to cap And, um, you know, in my previous employment, I worked for the chair of the Assembly Water Committee. And I understand, I mean, there's a lot of dynamics. Like you mentioned agriculture water from the Kern County area. Um, you want to talk about a more contentious subject in the planet in Kern County. I don't think you get anything more contentious than water. Um, so I just love to uh, get a better understanding, maybe from Anne or, or somebody else on our government affairs team about um, 
really, I think our water rights give us a unique position in these statewide discussions. And as we're seeing with all these transfers and just would like to understand um, how we're using that to ensure that um, the people that we're working with are using best practices and that the state as a whole is moving in, in a good sustainable water use direction. Um, so I would just love to add that on to Councilmember Vang's request because I think it's it's a really important moment. And having worked with a lot of those orgs that did like, you know, the Safe the Affordable Drinking Water Act and some of these different big policies policy changes. I think um, there's still a lot to be done and we'd just love to know how Sacramento could fit into that conversation. And Councilmember Vansley, again, we'd be happy to do that. We may work with you to you know, further define exactly what you're looking for. Um, but we'll, we'd be happy to do that. I guess it's sort of along the lines of like, as a city, we have our legislative um, platform that we adopt every year that Consuelo works on. Um, so I guess something, if we have something similar for water, or if we don't, or just a suite of policy measures that we're engaged in, we'd just like to understand sort of how we're working with, you know, all the different stakeholders at the state level to try to ensure that, um, I'm glad Sacramento is good. And I'm very proud of all the work that our team does to make sure that Sacramento is good. But um, just wondering if we could help out with some of these state discussions and um, that are still pending and very contentious. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That, Council Member of Valenzuela, that is the nature of politics in California and has been for the last 150 years. Okay, Brett, again, thank you very much uh, welcome, for your presentations and we'll move on to Mr. Uh, Millibrand and talk about the voluntary agreements. Oh, thank, thank you, Chair. Chair Harris, and uh, good afternoon all and members of the committee and staff and members of the public. I'm going to share my screen here. Hopefully you all see that, is that right? Yeah, we do, but it's not full screen, Wes. You might want to um, make it a full screen view. There you go. Okay, great. Well, again, good afternoon, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back before the committee. It's been a little while since I've presented, I've presented on this topic before, and it's been fairly quiet until recently, hence the update and having our new members of the committee. So it's a pleasure to meet you virtually, at least for now. And uh, I don't really have an agenda screen here. This is following a a pretty typical link from what Brett just uh, reported and presented on about four or five slides here, three substantively. One is to give a little bit of a history uh, about what's called the water quality control plan and uh, related processes that go with that. And then process wise, what's been attempted in the past to deal with what is really one of the most monumental regulatory processes uh, that the state of California has when it comes to what's called water quality, but certainly water rights because they are implicated to be able to meet objectives and requirements that are potentially adopted by the state. We will then get into a little bit of a history and this is all public information. We're obviously in a public venue and forum. And so I will talk briefly about some of the substance that's been part of our voluntary agreement process in past years and what's more or less been resurrected as of just about six weeks ago. And then from there, uh, I'm happy to open it up to questions. Certainly welcome questions along the way. There is certainly no way I could summarize, uh, you know, really comprehensively what's been attempted, not only by the city and its team in our region, but certainly just uh, many, many others around the state over the last many years to do this control plan update process. However, I will try to hit high points with some details and give you a fair flavor of what's been done, where we are and where we might go. So with that, the water quality control plan, 
arises from the California Water Code, starting at section 13240. There's a number of statutes that follow, and the idea is to basically have the state develop what's called water quality objectives. And from there, there are implementation measures uh, that are designed to, as the second bullet point says, protect water quality and also recognize all beneficial uses. I like to emphasize all beneficial uses because there are a number of beneficial uses enumerated within our California Code of Regulations. I believe that's Title 23. And there's probably close to about 23 different beneficial uses within there. Uh, however, it's not a comprehensive exhaustive list as I think stated by the code itself. But examples of beneficial uses are such as what the city does for municipal and industrial uses, uh, farmers with irrigation use, there are habitat, recreational, wildlife uses, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the theoretical legal paradigm is to have a system with a set of rules that is protecting water quality while also recognizing all beneficial uses, which I would extend to say also protecting those beneficial uses, such as those held by the city and other water users. Now these uh, later or latter bullet points about formal, informal, that's just my informal nomenclature for our purposes here this afternoon to uh, try to make a distinction that does have potential significance depending on which way this process ultimately goes. One, you know, being at somewhat of a fork in the road, if you want to view it that way, is the formal process through the control plan would essentially have uh, a state water board proceeding that goes through multiple phases in phase one. I'll get into in just a moment, as well as phase two, which is applicable to the city and the region and Sacramento Valley as a whole, which would be phase two. And that would be a formal regulatory process in which there's rulemaking done by uh, the state water board as well as adjudicatory type proceedings for the water rights. Now, if we are able to go the other way at the fork in the road and successfully navigate to what becomes a voluntary agreement, whether it's a single agreement for all water users that are part of the process or a, a set of voluntary agreements that are packaged together and then go to the state water board. I'm calling that informal, even though it potentially becomes the governing set of documents. So I just want to make that distinction. It's almost like having a lawsuit, but then you go to do settlement discussions or have mediation. Now CEQA is going to be there, the California Environmental Quality Act is going to be part of the process regardless of whether we're formal or informal. And that's a really big deal of talking about what are the objectives under the plan update, whether voluntary agreements or not, and now how is the environment for CEQA purposes going to be impacted. So a lot of moving pieces as this process proceeds. So again, talking about process, there's phase one, which uh, essentially deals with the San Joaquin River and when I mention the rivers, our two largest rivers in the state of California are the San Joaquin River and the Sacramento River. Phase one deals with the San Joaquin River and all of its tributaries. Uh, there's four or five main tributaries. Phase two deals with the Sacramento Valley with the Sacramento River and its multiple tributaries, including our very own, uh, what again, informal purposes here, referred to as our very own American River whether upstream of Folsom or the lower American River, downstream of Folsom and Lake Natoma and Nimbus Dam. So phase one back, 
I believe it was December 12th of 2018, the State Water Board adopted the phase one plan update. And so that was a part of this overall process that was much further along than where we are with phase two that directly involves and impacts the city and the region on the Sacramento side. And so as of December 12th, 2018, the phase one plan is adopted there it, almost immediately about a month later, if not less, especially because there were CEQA claims brought by a number of different agencies and parties on the San Joaquin side. There are lawsuits that were filed and now three plus years later are making their way through the process in the system to have cases related, coordinated, get discovery done, uh, all sorts of law and motion work that create a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty, certainly a lot of cost, and maybe to try to bring some levity to it, some lawyer jokes, uh, which I always welcome, so please feel free to do so. For phase two, the state has not arrived at the point where it has publicly uh, provided, like it did for phase one, because phase two is just not at that point yet, a document that would allow us to see what the state would like to see for objectives, uh, what are the flow requirements going to be in the river, such as the, the American River, for how much flow has to basically stay in the river and not be diverted by water users, such as the city. That has not happened yet. The focus had been for so long and, and has now come back on the voluntary agreement. So I'll start to speed this up a little bit. But the idea, you know, I wanted to give some chronology here with the idea that this started many years ago. It kind of went dormant. A lot of that, I think, pandemic related. That's just speculation. But in February of 2016, that's just kind of a historical note of when the executive director from the State Water Resources Control Board wrote a letter to the deputy secretary, Carla Namath, who is the director of California Department of Water Resources there at the California Natural Resources Agency, essentially saying voluntary agreements sound like a good idea there would have to be a number of different components that meet the water quality control plan statutes. And there's a lot of case law that interprets some of those statutes. Uh, so basically, I think the State Water Board was saying, if you can get voluntary agreements together, then great, they would come to the board for review and potential approval. And here are some of the guideposts that we think would need to be part of those sets of agreements or a single agreement. December 2018, I've already mentioned for phases one and two, and March of 2019 was another milestone moment, which ironically, and perhaps coincidentally, is almost three years to the day to almost reflect what just happened as of about six or seven weeks ago. And so in March of 2019 was the planning agreement that really was a roadmap that lays out the intent, uh, the goals, there was some substance there as to what the flows would be for parties to come together for a voluntary agreement. So it's essentially like a blueprint that an architect would design from which then you get the construction and design plans and all of the different details that go into it. Well, like I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, there, there was that grand plan to do so and to try to do so by the end of 2019. That did not happen obviously, because here we are about three years later. And like I said, things went dormant from 2020, 2021. And as of March 29 of this year, there's a memorandum of understanding, which in a lot of ways is substantially similar to that planning agreement from three years ago. 
And so I'll get into that substance on the next slide, but just wanted to give this historical context and a little bit of the detail about the process. Along those lines, Assembly Bill 2639 is pending in the legislature right now. And uh, one of the key uh, objectives of that legislation would be to require that the State Water Resources Control Board adopt its water quality control plan update by December 31st of next year. Now, to some folks that might sound like a, a long ways away, but it really is not. Uh, almost think of it in terms of a blink of an eye because there would have to be a set of agreements that are negotiated, agreed to, and there would be the environmental review process. There would then be the state water board review process to consider and potentially approve the agreements. There's a whole lot of work that would have to be done in about the next 18 months uh, should this piece of legislation be successful and be passed in its current form. And if these efforts, it's on the voluntary slash informal route as I identified, is not gaining traction or does not look like it's going to happen, this legislation is essentially a backstop, is requiring that the State Water Board have its plan update adopted. So I think this is kind of a light the fire type of piece of legislation. I'm not the policy expert here, but that would be really my, my speculation. Now as for substance. Wes, um, let yes. me in interrupt for a second. Please. We're running short on time. So I want to do a time check with my committee members. Do you, do either of you have a commitment right at two o'clock or can you stay a few extra minutes? Uh, Valenzuela is uh, okay and Bang also. Okay, Wes, I just want to make you aware we're almost at two o'clock, so if we can move this along, that'd be great. I, sure, thank the, you. The context you just set was excellent, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Chair. And usually I move a little faster, uh, but I'm going to tease Brett for having three, and now I'm stacking time on one. So I'm going to make this slide actually fairly quick because it is just a single slide and questions are next. But the, the short version is, and Chair Harris, you, you'll recall this from past presentations, uh, but we essentially, what we've been driving for substantively and voluntary agreements is water flows and temperature and habitat. That, that is one of the keys. So the state, through its formal process, can try to justify, I say try because it's subject to uh, the city and others agreeing and could be litigated if desired, but how much water would have to stay in the river in order to meet water quality objectives, you know, for fisheries and for uh, salinity and quality levels and all of those sorts of things. Temperature is a key component of that, something we've worked very hard on on the Lower American River uh, for a number of years, decades really, to ensure that water released from Folsom is hitting temperatures at the right time of year for the right type of species of fish. And habitat, there's a key point that I, if there's one takeaway that I'd like to try to provide to you this afternoon as it relates to voluntary agreements would be that habitat is one of the critical sources of a voluntary agreement that the State Water Board does not have the authority or jurisdiction to require through the Water Quality Control Plan update. So this is one of the key things that we as a city and collectively as a region can contribute for the good of the fisheries is providing habitat type measures that are good for fish while still providing flows and temperature. So that's a complex topic, but the habitat is a key thing that I think we're pretty proud of that could be done and something tangible that's for the good of the fisheries. Funding, 
governance and science are all parts of this process. They would be parts of the process ongoing as a living uh, you know, approach to make sure that water flows and temperature and habitat are actually done. Another key takeaway would be that what happened just six weeks ago or so is looking to make a voluntary agreement for eight years, not 15 years. The discussions from past years uh, was looking at a 15 year type of deal. Now it's at eight years. I cannot explain what that is. That might've been formed by some of the state team leaders and officials and something that's been expressed and put into this document that's a public record and on the state water board's website. The American River, sorry for clutter, but wanted to provide some detail. This identifies in different year types, hence the italicized uh, words here for critical dry below normal, above normal, and wet years, how much water would be contributed by the American River agencies, so 30,000 acre feet, and then respectively for each year type. Sources of that water, such as for the city, would be groundwater substitution, and for other agencies, such as Placer County Water Agency, El Dorado Irrigation District, would be reservoir reoperations. They own and operate their own reservoirs. Now for us, uh, there, this is also in a public document, is that our contributions would be contingent on funding yet to be negotiated for groundwater infrastructure to allow for uh, the types of water transfers that we're talking about through a voluntary agreement and otherwise to be successful. Habitat, like I mentioned, a key takeaway, 25 acres for spawning, 75 acres for rearing. So the fish come up, they have their little baby fish, and then the fish get to grow up to a certain age, swim out to the ocean. So next steps, potential next steps, because there's a lot of things yet to be determined here. There's negotiations, there's a governance process, uh, there's science and process just moving forward. Again, CEQA. And ultimately, the goal would be if we can strike all the right points and subject to council approval at some point down the road, would be to bring the voluntary agreement to the State Water Board for its consideration and approval. So I'll pause there and welcome any questions. Sorry to go two minutes over. Wasn't sure if we we're exactly at two o'clock, given you do not have a council meeting this afternoon. All right, any public comment, Mindy? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment on this item. And committee members. No, thank you for the overview, Wes. Very good. Thank you all. Pleasure to be here. Well, as ever, the voluntary agreements keep going and going, and they are very complex and take a lot of twists and turns along the way. I appreciate you, you pulling out the habitat piece because that may well be a way to get to an agreement, you know, and certainly helps with flows and so forth. So, yeah, really interesting uh, situation with the voluntary agreements and yet to be determined where we go. Anyway, Wes, thanks for all your work on this. It's, uh, it's almost a, a full-time gig for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to avoid that. I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get the best result in the shortest amount of time as possible, team effort. But thank you, Chair. Thank you, members. All right, thanks for your presentation. Menzi, do we have any comments not on the agenda? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comments for matters not on the agenda. Okay, thanks. And committee members, any last thoughts? Oh, good. All right. Well, thank you all for participating today. Really informative meeting, and we can call it adjourned at 2.04. <laughs>